Single mother punches fish in the face. You'll be shocked, but then you'll be inspired. This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one, every Thursday, we'll show you how to travel the world in style, full time, for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two, every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 014. In this episode, we interview Rick Calvert, and he tells us what it takes to become the rock star of blogging. So you want to be the Steve Vai of blogging? Work your butt off. Write. Learn. Go to every conference you can to learn as much. Learn from the experts. Emulate those experts. If you want to be a great writer, then read great writers. Try to do the things that they do. Realize it takes a lot of hard work. Rick also explains that it takes more than content to be a successful blogger. Content is king. But I like to say community is queen. You've got to market yourself. People talk about content marketing. You use content to market stuff. No, you create content and then you market that content. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another Money Mondays. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And of course, as it's Monday, it's time for the news. Dun, 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 News. We've got serious news today. Single mother punches fish in the face. You'll be shocked, but then you'll be inspired. I love those headlines. Yeah. Because this isn't a real news story, is it? That just sounds like complete bullshit. But it, it highlights may- something really important that annoys yeah. the shit out of me. It's the fact that these headlines make you click on them because you're really interested in it, but then you go into the story and it's got nothing to do with the stupid headline. No one punched a fish. <laughs> They'll backtrack through the whole story and make sure they don't get sued by going, actually, that didn't happen, this didn't happen. The headline sort of meant this, but it didn't really mean this, and it doesn't mean anything, and it's just all bullshit. Uh, I hate those. We see them more and more these days, and it's driving me nuts. At least Cracked does a whole bunch of, like, loose headlines came out that were complete bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and which ones were they, and then you can find out. Anyway, that's our pet internet peeve of the week. Not really news. It's not Maybe news. we should do real news. All right, let's do the real news. So, in business news, we've been really getting focused on making progress because we have a VA on Odesk. Yay! Yeah, the best we, decision we ever made. Exactly. We've been outsourcing a lot of our editing tasks and a lot of our admin and spreadsheet tasks, things that like normally we would spend hours per day following this stuff up. And instead, now we're spending hours per day not doing that and actually following up really important things like earning money. Yeah. And writing stories. Yeah, we've been so much more productive since we hired Michael. It's been really great. Yeah, so this means that we've been doing more on business and less on admin, which is good for our wallets. Yeah. The next step is to also hire an SEO guy that's going to help us out with our whole website and optimize it and get keyword searches for us because that takes a lot of time. So hopefully uh, we'll get someone really good to help us out with that as well. We're already doing a lot of SEO ourselves. It takes ages. Um, we it's do rank boring. well. It is boring. We don't like it. Uh, we do rank well for quite a lot of the key terms, which is great because we get a lot of SEO traffic, but it's just been such a pain in the ass keeping up with it. And some articles were like, I can't even be bothered. I just want to get the story out because it's an interesting story. Yeah. And then, of course, it's only going to be seen for the first couple of months and then it will disappear into the atoms of time. Yeah. But, is no good. Um, we are, yeah, so that's awesome news for us. And you should go do it too. But we are going to do a whole episode on outsourcing in the future. So stay tuned for that one. We'll let you know when it's coming up. It's really, really been great for us. Okay, so anyway, that's the business news. Dun, 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 dun. And today on Money Mondays, we are interviewing Rick Calvert from the NMX and TBEX conferences about networking and new media. Now, this term new media, unless you've worked in the industry for a little while, you might not be completely sure exactly what that means. So we're going to give you a quick overview before we jump into Rick's interview. So first of all, video. YouTube, 
is new media. Uh, it's been really big for a while. Everybody's seen YouTube. Yeah, you know what a YouTube is already. Absolutely. You know, it's new media. That's the that point. That is new media. This is something we're yeah. talking about. YouTube, Vimeo. You have it when you want it. You're like, I want to watch this now. And you can just watch it. It's not like, oh, I've got to go to the cinema and see this. Or I've got to wait for the, oh, that show doesn't come out until this time. Or, oh, I was on at 7 p.m. last night and I missed it. I missed it. So, yeah, we think TV is going to be knocked out. And Rick will be talking about that as well later. And YouTube and things like that. And Netflix are going to be replacing it. Number two. Podcasting. That's what we're doing. Podcasting is new media. Yeah, so it's like podcasting hasn't been as big in the last few years but now celebrities are starting to do their own podcasts and of course it's also on demand you can get it wirelessly in your car on your phone on the bus wherever the hell you go podcasting is going to replace talk radio yeah and internet radio with music is going to replace real radio because you can listen to what you want to listen to rather than what the record companies tell you to listen to yeah there's some like hosts out there that i can't stand but at least oh like like bbc2 hosts they drive me insane <laughs> steve wright steve wright in the afternoon ooh, 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 ooh. He drives me insane, and I hate listening to him, but it's like the radio station that has the music that I enjoy. So it's really annoying. And then on the flip side, there can be people who like, I really enjoy, but I freaking hate the music. Yeah, it sucks. Podcasting, you listen to who you want, when you want. Yeah, and that's what people want. They want what they want when they want it. So exactly. this is what new media is doing. Third of all, blogging. Blogging is something that we talk about all the time, because of course we're bloggers as well as podcasters, and we make video. We're doing all the new media stuff, because we're trying to be on top of the game. We don't want to be doing it old school. Bloggers have a unique perspective. Traditional media is, is trying to change to keep up, so they are trying to make changes so they don't get completely obsolete. They probably won't become completely obsolete for a few years, at least, if not longer. Maybe they never will. But um, they can't appeal to everyone because they're, they're all about majority interests. They're all about the biggest headlines that'll get every single person in the country reading their paper. Which, obviously, with blogs, we don't have to be about that because no. we have a specific audience. Well, we have, like, like Scott Eddy said in the last episode, he's like, he doesn't give a shit. If you don't like him, if you don't love him, if you don't want to have sex with him, like, through Twitter, then he doesn't want to have you as his follower. And that's what the beauty thing is with blogging, is you get people who love you. And everybody else can go and read something else. Yeah, because you find with a newspaper, you might love a couple of the authors, or writers, journalists, whatever you want to call them. You might be like, oh, that guy that does the stories on Sunday, like Jeremy Clarkson, I like Jeremy Clarkson stuff. Like, yeah, I love reading the Sunday Times, because Jeremy Clarkson does stories in there, if he still does. I don't know, he used to when I used to read it. But, like, half the other stuff in there I'm not interested in. But with blogging, you only read the stuff you're interested in. You don't have to scan through a newspaper for an hour to find the stories you want. You just go, I know I like this guy. This is the guy I like. What's he written on, What's he released on his blog this week? Cool, I'll read that. Yeah. You know, you it saves your time. Sign up to their newsletters as well. Yeah. Are you signed up to our newsletter? You should be signed up to our newsletter. FiveDollarPlanet.com slash Dream Lifestyle because you get a copy of our book as well. Yeah, plus all of our kick-ass articles and podcasts sent to you, like straight to your inbox. Exactly. Easy. So should you care about new media? Damn right you should. The whole world is changing. You gotta get on board. Yeah, you got to do it now. Like, keep up with the trends. Be ahead of the curve. That's what we're trying to do by doing the podcast. We're ahead of podcasting because most people haven't really started doing it. It's just taken off. So get on there. Make it happen. Anyway, uh, quick reminder before we jump onto our interview with Rick. We've got some discount codes for you. As you know, we have sponsors for this show. That's very important. It's nice to have some money coming in from this because that's what funds it and that's what keeps this podcast up and on air. It also keeps food in our bellies and we yes. like food. Especially parma ham that I just ate. Oh, so good. Although actually it's probably the Spanish version of parma ham. Yeah. But, as you know, anyway. our main source of saving money is uh, on accommodation because we house sit through most of the year. So if you guys are interested in getting involved in house sitting, whether it be you want to go on a holiday and have people take care of your pets or if you want to go on holiday and take care of other people's pets, so many options, it's win-win for everyone. So head to 5dollarplanet.com slash house, type in the code 5DP. That'll be in the coupon code section. It won't be when you type in the thing, you need to click a few buttons and put yeah, the details Yeah, don't be in. like name 5DP. <laughs> Email address 5DP. 
You've got to click through a few buttons first. You've got to choose which package you want before you decide. And then at the end, you can put your coupon code in and you get 15% off. Woohoo! So very awesome. Uh, our other sponsor is World Nomads. They're an awesome insurance company. They're the insurance company we're using. They're the best one for digital nomads, long-term travelers, adventure travelers. You know the drill if you listen to any of our episodes before. They're just the best one. It's awesome. They've got it covered. Yeah, they charge a little bit more because they are a little bit better at what they do. Well, you get what you pay for, right? If you, you know, if you pay for shit insurance, you're gonna get shit all back. Yeah, that's how it works. You pay, you, you pay, pay for money a in for no reason, and you get good and you'll get good coverage. It's how it works. It's very simple. Yep, you need to use the link $5dollarplanet.com/worldnomads and the code WN5DP when you fill out your policy to get that five percent discount. So yeah, try it out. Have a go. Get insured. Why not? That's what people do. That's what we do. Right. That's a smart thing. To <laughs> that's do. a smart thing to do. You're crazy if you don't. Right, we're going to head over to Rick now, because um, we've got a pretty long interview with him today. We've got lots and lots of useful content, and we're going to learn some strange facts about him too. So this is going to be an interesting one. Get your new media fix right now with Rick Calvert. So today we are speaking to Rick Calvert, co-founder of the hugely successful TBEX Travel Blogging Conference and NMX, the New Media Expo. With a focus on blogging, podcasting, and online video, Rick keeps himself one step in the future of new media. He's been described by co-worker Deb Cole as a wannabe rock star stuck in a CEO's body. He hates Apple Macs and loves video games. So Rick, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an ambassador for new media. Thank you for having me, Megan and Tom. And I like Deb's bio, <laughs> although I might not agree with all of it. It's, oh. it's pretty much true. Uh, what was the question? How did this happen? Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about your history and how you got into this and became the ambassador pretty much for all this new media stuff these days. The very short version is I am a news junkie and I have been since like junior high school. And so I, instead of coming home, I watching cartoons, which I would do that first, but then I would watch the news. And when the internet came along, there was infinitely more new sources of news for me to go look at. And... I was one of those people who left really long comments on political blogs, somebody who really needed his own blog. And so one day I was driving home from work and I had this two hour commute and I'm listening to this talk radio show, uh, you know, here in the US we've got uh, talk radio where they talk about politics all the time. Mm -hmm. And the guy said something, I don't remember what, his name's Hugh Hewitt, and uh, I called in to the show. That's, that's how geeky I am about the news and politics <laughs> and stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of crazy. So I call in and he goes, you should start a blog. So I had been thinking about this. This was in 2005. I had been thinking about this since – 2000 really, but I thought it was hard. I'd used computers since junior high school to date myself, one of the, the first class in California to have computers in our classroom. So, and I'd grown up with the internet. I mean, I saw the internet born and email and all those sort of things, but I thought building a blog would be hard. It'd be like building a website, which was pretty complicated then. But anyway, I went home that night and I Googled it. How do you start a blog? And I didn't know at the time Google owns Blogger, which is a free blogging platform. And it took about five minutes and I had a blog. There you go. And so uh, I sent the guy an email the next day, Hugh Hewitt, and I said, hey, I, w I started a blog. And he linked to me and said, hey, welcome to the blogosphere. And so I got huge traffic the very first day because this guy's got you know millions of listeners to his radio show and his blog. And so I'm like, wow, this is amazingly powerful, this – blog thing. I, if I'd known it was that easy, I would have done it, you know, years sooner. So I just started writing every day obsessively. And then I started interviewing people, uh, you know, because I read a lot of books and I wanted to interview some authors. And I, I remember I, I called the first guy. Uh, his name is Fred Barnes. He wrote this political book. 
And I called this publicist. I said, you know, I'd like to interview Mr. Barnes for my blog. And she said, sure. When do you want to do it? And I said, well, how about tomorrow? And she goes, yeah, no problem. Would you like a review copy of the book? And I'm like, review copy? That sounds like free. I'm, I'm like, no, I've already read the book. <laughs> But it planted a seed in my head. So anyway, I did the interview with the guy the next day. I didn't know how to do it even. So I went down to Radio Shack and again, which just filed for bankruptcy, by the way, Radio Shack. So I go down to Radio Shack and I buy a little gizmo to hook up to my cell phone. And I call this guy and I do like an hour and a half long interview with him. Took a long lunch break from my job. And I didn't know how to transcribe it and I didn't know how to post the audio. So I just sat there and listened to it over and over and over again and transcribed my conversation and posted wow. it to the blog the next day. And everybody goes, how did you get that interview with that guy? And I'm like, I just asked. It was easy. And so I found that – and you probably are finding the same thing. Nobody ever said no to me. Everybody I asked said yes. So it was easy to get interviews. So I did a lot of that. And um, I – one thing led to another and I got an email someday from somebody that said, hey, what's it cost to advertise on your blog? I said – advertise? Somebody will pay me money to do this? This could be my job? I got to find the blogging trade show for this. Now, it's important to say at this point, my job has been since 1997 running trade shows and conferences. I've run some of the biggest conferences in North America and worked for them. And so I knew that I could run it, but I didn't know if I was the only idiot who would want to go to it, would anybody else be interested? So I asked some blogging friends and they said, yes, we'd like to. And I asked my trade show friends and they all said yes. And they wanted to like be partners with me, everybody I asked. So I thought, okay, this is a really good idea. I'm, I'm not crazy. And I started doing the research and I realized, okay, it's not just blogging, it's podcasting, it's uh, web video. YouTube was just created that year. Twitter didn't exist yet. MySpace was the big social network. Ooh, Facebook was kind of up and coming. Right. That's how old I am. I will never change to Facebook. MySpace all the way. <laughs> oh, how oh, things have changed. Yeah, I hated MySpace. I never was on the MySpace train. But I, I realized, okay, all of these things need to be part of this event that I envisioned as New Media Expo. And back then we called it Blog World and New Media Expo. So we announced the show in 2006. The first show began in 2007. We had 1,500 people there that first year. Now we bring about 4,000 people to the show. And this year in April, we'll be co-located with NAB Show, National Association of Broadcasters, which is – the trade show for all radio and television people. So 100,000 people will be there this year, including all of us new media creators and the traditional media people. And wow. I'm, so there's, that's the short version. I could go on much longer. <laughs> but um, I was reading this fantastic article by Deb today, and she said that she want, that NMX should be thought of as the modern Grateful Dead conference. So people <laughs> go out there and they, you know, you go to the conferences and you just share like crazy. Like, it's not like when you come into our conference, you cannot film anything. You cannot record anything. This is all for, you just want it out there. You want everybody to know what's going on in these conferences in real time, because that's what new media is all about, right? Absolutely right. The very first year, and we, we get less of it now, but, but the first year we got several people asking us for media passes and we're like, no, everybody at our show was media. If we give everybody a media pass, there'd be no show. So... <laughs> Just come and do whatever you do, you know, blog it, uh, podcast it, video, whatever, live stream it. We don't care. So, yes, we, we practice what we preach. The reason why new media is so important is because it's more of a connectivity with the readers, with the people out there. People have more accessibility to the people who are writing, to the people who are podcasting, the people who are doing these videos. It's not like it's just some higher-than-thou journalist that you can't actually contact. They're just you, know, you just read them in a, in a newspaper and that's the end of it. But in new media, you can contact them through Twitter. You can contact them on Facebook. You actually can get 
you know, in touch with these people and tell yeah. them, hey, I really liked that article. Or, hey, that article was really shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's more of an interactive user experience, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, that is one of the most beneficial things to new media versus traditional media. And there are a lot of people in new media who will say, traditional media is horrible, new media is so much better, we're going to kill them, we're going to teach them how to do everything better. That's not true. There are some things that traditional media does better than we do. And there are lessons that we can learn from them. That's part of the reason why I'm so excited about this uh, co-location with NAB this year. But the conversation between whoever hosts the podcast or the blog or the video show and their audience is invaluable. It is exponentially better than us reading a newspaper or watching a TV show and there's no way to interact back with them. Um, we add the fans, the audience adds to that conversation. They have knowledge that they can share. They can fact check things that are incorrect. I mean, it's just a better way. So um, absolutely, that is one of the revolutionary things about new media. We, you know, we call NMX the media revolution, and that, that really is what it is. Yeah. Now, we're going to want to get in some questions that will help our listeners get a bit more out of new media if they're trying to get involved in it. But before we do, I want to do a little identity check because, you know, as we do before we do an interview, we normally do a bit of Googling to find out about the people we're interviewing, get a bit of backstory. And um, it's very strange. It seems your, your backstory may have been stolen by a few different people. There's uh, a bit of an identity crisis going on. So you're going to have to give me a bit of a true or false on whether okay. these people from the number one page of Google when I search Rick Culver and bio, whether any of these people are actually you. Okay, so we know you're a video game fan, but... Were you the voice of the biology teacher in the 1998 Beavis and Butthead Do You video game? <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was. I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it really is on there. In fact, I think that guy's higher than you. <laughs> Somehow he's on IMDb. Yeah, he's on IMDb yeah. for a couple of voiceovers he did. <laughs> yeah, actually, you want to know the funny thing? That Rick Calvert actually lives about 15 miles from me. And, and, and he has the Twitter account, Rick Calvert, but he doesn't use it. So I've already taken him to lunch once to try to talk him out of, you know, letting me have the, the Twitter account for Rick Calvert. And I gave him some tips and I told him he should come to our show and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, that guy is an actor and he does voiceover stuff. and He's done radio and he's a nice guy. Cool. <laughs> so you don't mind sharing your Google space no. with him? No. Were you... We even talked about, he actually is a political guy a little bit too, and we talked about doing a Rick Calvert blog where he takes one side and I take the other and we argue with each other. <laughs> the Rick Calvert, Rick Calvert show. Yeah, Rick yeah. Calvert. Face off. Rick Calvert squared. I think that's what we yeah. call it. That's yeah. it. Have you at any time in your life been a musical folk singer? I am not the Jewish folk singer, Rick Calvert. <laughs> so oh. you know these people are competing for oh, yeah, your face. Yeah, you Google yourself. Internet, I have to Google myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I was in heavy metal bands uh, for many, many years. And there's only one, again, showing my age, there's no videos of us. There is one YouTube video that has some photos of me in my heavy metal band with one of our songs. You mean Violent Mood Swings? That would be the one, yeah. Violent Mood Swing. Not to be confused with Violent Mood Swings. Those guys stole our name after we retired. Wow. Oh. And, and, and I'll share with you, you know, we, you guys said a little bit offline, you know, you don't mind adult language. Yeah. One of my biggest contributions to the band was our T-shirt that said just big red letters on a black shirt, Violent Fucking Mood Swing. <laughs> <laughs> and we sold more shirts than we sold CDs. <laughs> That's so surprising. There you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of music, I actually share a little bit of musical history with you, not directly, but uh, also I'm a musician. I used to work on cruise ships, and we're going to link that into the fact that you've just announced you're putting the next TBEX North America conference on a cruise ship. And that's yep. pretty big news, right? I mean, I haven't really heard of a massive conference like this going onto a cruise ship. On the ship oasis before. of the seas, like the OMG, people. That's a big shit. One, and this will actually be my first cruise ever. There, there are a lot of people who do cruises. And oh, I think you're you a cruising would... virgin. That'd yes. be nice. <laughs> wow, you're really putting yourself on the edge. You could be seasick for the entire conference. No. No. I, I've been at sea many times, uh -huh. and I don't get seasick, airsick, any of that stuff. So I feel comfortable, especially on a ship that gigantic. But I have to ask you, Tom, you said you played on cruise ships. What, right. what, what instrument do you play? Uh, I'm a bass player. I was also the lead singer for the band. And, and so, how long ago did you do this? Well, I finished doing that in 2010. And since then, I've been working on land and now, of course, blogging and podcasting. So I have a friend you've probably never met because there's a lot of musicians working on yeah. a lot of cruise ships, but his name is James Gobble. He's a drummer who played on cruise ships. Uh, Ring no, any I bells. Don't, I don't think I know him, but if he's a drummer, you're a guitarist, I'm oh, a bassist yeah, that and sounds, singer. That name sounds familiar. We've got a band. We've got a band together already, so the three of us need yeah. to turn up to the next T-Bex conference yeah. and we can rock it out. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great drummer. Absolutely. All you need is to grab a couple of Filipinos from the crew bar and you'll have the total <laughs> band sorted. Yeah, get some keyboards in there. Yep. Sounds pretty cool. Done. Backup singers, some dancers. Yep. This is going to be an extravaganza, this next TBEX. It's got to happen. <laughs> they okay. all, so we didn't really talk about TBEX very much, but actually they're all pretty fun. And there is a whole lot of stuff that happens around a TBEX. Absolutely. We did our first TBEX in Athens, which was just last October. And um, that sort of snowballed this entire podcast series. Like we wouldn't be sitting here podcasting right now if we hadn't gone to that conference. So we've, we owe a lot to TBEX and uh, the people that we met there for encouraging us. Like Deb Cole. Let's do shout outs. Yeah, here shout because... outs, Deb Cole. You know, for encouraging us to, to branch out into different, different sorts of new media, yeah. not just blogging, but also going into podcasting and just talking some shit on air and, yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, getting a following. Deb, Deb had told me, she mentioned to you guys that you, you know, you had good voices and you would be good at podcasting and obviously Tom being a singer you're not afraid of a microphone so that That's makes true. sense but I'm glad to hear that uh, Athens had some real takeaways for you guys it sounds like you're doing a good job with the podcast already definitely yeah it's going well we just had Scott Eddie on the show just uh, about half an hour before you started that guy's a ball of energy yeah yeah, yeah he's a fun guy so um, Scott will be speaking at TBEX in Thailand yeah we were talking to him about that on the last show as yeah well. I think people will be really excited to actually get to see him in the flesh and get some of his amazing motivational tips and also just Twitter tips as well because he's just a Twitter rock star. Yeah, exactly. By the way, uh, you mentioned Deb just and giving her props at Coach Deb on Twitter. Deb actually wrote the first book on Twitter. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did she is also that. like a Twitter superstar as well. She's got some amazing tips if you want to grow your following and have a proper engagement as well. It's not just yeah. and spam bots following you. You can check Deb out on episode 002 as well, $5planet slash 002. Just another weird tangent. So I mentioned this guy, Hugh Hewitt, to you earlier who encouraged me to start my blog. And uh, he wrote a book called Blog about the importance of blogging, as particularly as it pertains to politics and stuff. So he comes to our show almost every year now. And when Twitter first came out, he thought it was stupid. And Deb was speaking at New Media Expo on Twitter. This was early days, I think 2008. And I brought Hugh into the room to hear Deb speak. And he walked out after an hour. He goes, I get it now. And he wrote down and he, he sat down and wrote a blog post on Twitter. And he's got like 100,000 plus Twitter followers now. Mm -hmm. So it's a weird full circle thing that the guy who got me to blog learned how to tweet at New Media Expo from Deb. 
Yeah. Wow. And that's one of the really cool things, you know, reading up on New Media Expo. Sadly, we haven't been there as yet, but we certainly have it on the list of expos to get to. But it's the fact that you have a lot of these really fantastic speakers that come along and you don't actually pay them the big bucks to come and speak. You get them to come because they're passionate and they have something to say and they want to teach people about it, not because they're after a paycheck. It's the people who really want to encourage others to learn. And that's how like both TBEX and New Media Expo are both really affordable conferences to go to. Yeah, that's right. We, we can't, because we have so many speakers at both events, we, we couldn't afford to pay them. And most of the speakers at TBEX and New Media Expo actually do get paid to speak in the five figures normally, uh, but they do come and do that for free at our events, which is great. And um, we really, really appreciate it. And people get to learn really from the best in the world at NMX and at TBEX. Now let's move on to some questions that are going to help our listeners if they're interested in attending a conference, or maybe they have never attended a conference and they'd like to know why, why should they get off their butt, get, off, get on a plane and actually fly out to one of these things? What's the benefit for people to go to conferences? Okay, so this applies to any event, not just uh, TBEX and New Media Expo. If you are in an industry, you know, you could be a welder or a musician. And Tom, I don't know if you've ever been to the NAM show, but it's a show you got to go to. So if, if you're in an industry, there's no other place where you would learn more about that industry in such a, a short period of time than at that industry's trade show or conference. And TBEX and New Media Expo are that. If you are a travel blogger or if you work for a DMO or any other uh, brand in the travel industry that does anything with social media, there's no other place where you're going to meet so many travel bloggers and learn so much about how to use social media, how to measure ROI, how to engage with your customers than you can at TBEX. And if you're a travel blogger like, like you guys, you're going to meet more of your peers. They're going to be passionate about the same things you are. You're going to learn immeasurable things from them. You're going to meet potential sponsors while you're there. You're going to learn kind of who the players are in the space, you know, who the up and comers are, who the big rock stars are and, and all of those things. You just there's no other way you can do that than at your industry event. New Media Expo is just a bigger version of that. It's all things blogging, podcasting, and web video. We host the Podcast Awards. This will be the 10th annual Podcast Awards. So all major podcasters are there. Uh, the Web Video Awards is basically, we call it the Oscars of the internet to all of the big stars you see on YouTube and other web video creators are there. And we're there with NAB. So everybody from radio and television, so all of the gear, like you guys might be dreaming about better microphones or better mixer or better software or soundproofing the room that you're in and all that sort of stuff. And again, you have these unbelievably large booths there with the green screens and microphones and software and uh, cameras, anything you could possibly use to create your content is there. And then you have these unbelievable speakers who really are the smartest people in the world when it comes to new media. You know, we've had people like Mark Cuban speak. We've had Mark Burnett, the creator of the Survivor stuff. And then we have people like Tom Webster who comes to the show every year. He kind of does the state of podcasting. My good friend Chris Brogan, uh, Pat Flynn this year giving a keynote. I mean, we just have so many uh, speakers. There are, I think, at New Media Expo, 150 of them. Wow. Um, yeah. That are, again, your head will explode with the amount of information that you get in those four days. And also and, the opportunity yeah. to meet them. And the opportunity to meet with them. And we have a whole lot of fun. It's really, really fun. And you will either, Tom, you, I'm sure, experience this as a musician, right? There's certain musicians, when you go and see them play, you either want to quit or you want to go home and practice. Yeah. And yes. it's like that at New Media Expo. When you get done, or Antibex, when you get done from that event, you want to go write. You want to go do a new episode. You want to go improve your game. You will leave inspired. 
All right, we're going to be back with Rick Calvert in just a minute, but it's time for our Monday tool. <laughs> you sound like some old star like song. It was it. Oh, 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 oh no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get serious. We're talking about digital business cards today because, well, sorry, Vista Print, but um, printing business cards these days is really sort of a waste of time. Oh, and resources. Yeah. Stop killing trees for all your crappy business cards. And money. So I'm completely over it. We've printed our last business card. We're never going to print business cards again because the internet makes it so easy to share business cards. But we looked at a lot of different apps and software for digital business cards. It was really hard to find something that was exactly what we wanted. There's loads of options out there, but some of them, they expect you to download an app and they expect every person you meet to have their app or you can't show your business card. You're like, what's the chances of me meeting anyone that's got yeah, the same app? So this is crap. So what I was looking for when I went out on a big old search to find the right digital business card solution was something that anyone can get. So it'll instantly just send them an email with my information, with my photo. They can put their contact straight in Gmail um, or Hotmail or whatever they use. So that's what we've got. And the company that I've found is onecardme.com with the word one, not the number one. And I've created a business card on there. It's very simple. There's a free package where it's completely free. You don't get as many inclusions, but it's completely free. You put in your photo, you put in your email address, your website, you can put a phone number in, an address if you like. We don't have an address, so it doesn't matter. It's all really simple. It took me like three minutes to set up the account. And then you've got this page on their website. Mine is onecardme.com slash tomo101, just because it is. So you can even look me up and add me to your contacts if you want. I don't mind. Yeah, then it, you've just got this link at the top of your page that's got a share button, and you press that share button. So anytime you meet someone, you're already logged into your OneCardMe account. You press the share button, you say, what's your email address? You put it in, send them an instant email that's got your photo on it so they remember who you are, and they just click a link at the bottom of that. It adds you directly to their email contacts. So that means you're in their address book. So if you email them at any time and they've forgotten who you are, you're not going to go to spam because you're in the address book, you're not just some random spammer. So that's a good place to be. Yeah, because th with hard business cards, with paper business cards, people are just throwing that shit in the bin. Yeah, I would. Yep. Or losing it. Oh, losing it. Or... Yeah, I hit someone up for uh, a contact the other day and they're like, shit, I lost the business card. Crap, what am I gonna do? Yeah, or if you go to a conference and you get 200 business cards in three days. Oh, and you forget who people are. You forget which business card was for which person. Them. Yeah, it's You were just... kind of drunk at the time. And you're like, I'm not even going to bother putting these in my address book because I can't remember who they were. But if you're already in the address book, then if there's someone that you need to contact again, you can follow up and go, remember me? And it will go straight into their inbox because it won't go to spam because they know who you are. And they've got a little photo of you. So they've got a little photo reminder that's come up in their email. So it's pretty cool. There's a couple of things that it does that I don't love, but hopefully they'll improve on that, such as the email that it sends just has a photo and a bunch of links. It doesn't have my website address in it or my email address in it, they have to add me to contacts, which if they don't happen to press the add contacts button, they might not find me and they might lose me in the vast depths of email. Other than that, for a free product, it's amazing. So that's onecardme.com. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. So get out there, get yourself a digital business card and make the most of networking at your next conference. All right, it's time to get back to Rick Calvert. What are your top tips for networking with people who are bigger than you in your niche when you go to a conference? This is an easy one. Okay, so it's, it's hard to overcome because you might be a bit shy or intimidated, right? But it's really not hard. The Expo in Tbex is just like you. They are there because they are passionate about this too, just like you are. So they want to talk to you. And I think that the biggest difference, especially if it's somebody that you consider to be a rock star, people are flattered when you say, oh, I'm a big fan. I love what you do. But they get intimidated and a little nervous, like a fan would do, you know, if you see like little girls screaming at a concert. It's that 
is a little off-putting to them. So be a fan. Let them know that you appreciate them, but also remember you're a peer. And you can say, hey, I really like that podcast episode that you did with that interview with so-and-so, and and I'm curious how you did that, and do you have any tips on how I can do this better? Again, maybe there's a question you've always wanted to ask them. Ask them the question because they – and they're they're most likely going to ask you questions back, and you might find out you've got a whole lot of other things in common other than this common passion for new media. So, I mean, my biggest advice is don't be nervous. Don't be afraid. Remember, these people are just like you. And they're there because they want to meet you too. It's not just a one-way thing where you know people are standing in line to to meet the speakers. The speakers are attending other sessions when they're not speaking. Yeah. So and they're walking in the aisles when they're not speaking. So it's just a, it's different than, again, the Nam show I, I mentioned, Tom. When you go there, it's all rock stars. So. Everybody there are these incredible musicians, but you don't go up and go, oh, my God, you're Steve Vai or, you know, you're Eddie Van Halen. You go like, hey, Eddie, I like that riff you played on, you know, some eruption or something. He's like, yeah, I did that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they're just other people. You're just another guitar player. Everyone is just people. I suppose we forget that these are people. No matter how famous they are, they've still got real lives and real thoughts and real feelings. And they come to this environment to network with their peers just like you do. And that's the critical part. Yeah, they're building fans. And you see, if if celebrities act bad at these sorts of meetups, then they get a bad rap and they get panned out on the internet. Like this guy, when you meet him, he's a bit of a douchebag. So it's in their interest to try and act civil and be friendly and build their brand. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. We were actually listening to a bit of Steel Panther in the lead up to doing this interview. And we were like, how can we sort of network in to get Steel Panther on the show? How does that fit into travel and, and podcast new media. And new media. Well, they use we'll YouTube think, a lot. They we'll are big YouTube guys. Those guys play in Las Vegas a lot. Yeah. In, I saw I, them in Australia and it was like I saw the them in Las best, Vegas oh, did, in 2009 you? or something. Best freaking show I've ever been to. Yeah, they are so much fun. And yeah. outrageous. So, so if you come to New Media Expo, you might get a chance to interview them. Check the schedule. I wish we could make it there this year. I don't <sighs> think it's going to happen. We will be in Girona for TBEX. We will be there, yes. But and hopefully Thailand as well. So hey, ring up Steel Panther, see if they want to come play T-Bex. That'd be awesome. <laughs> come and play on the cruise ship. <laughs> Do the cruise ship. We'll be like yeah. rock and roll at sea. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll just call it rock this bitch and they'll be in. <laughs> <laughs> crazy guys. Crazy there guys. is, by the way, there is a rock and roll cruise. Our player. I wonder if the Weezer cruise gets a bunch of old people on the cruise thinking, you know. <laughs> they were confused. They yeah. thought it was like. There's a bunch of people with emphysema. Yeah. yeah. They were like, I thought this was for asthma. <laughs> yeah. Confused. It was supposed to be good, but now my ears are very deaf as well. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, fortunately, old people aren't our demographic. I've just insulted everybody if they're listening. We tend to do. Sorry, that. older people. Didn't mean to insult you. This is the internet. Welcome. Yeah. So what is some of the major factors that help you choose the destination? Because TBEX is always in a different destination. I know uh, New Media Expo is always in Vegas, so it's just always like kicking off full, you know, swing. But uh, what, how do you choose the different destinations for TBEX? Yeah, so because we're a travel conference, we travel. And we go to places that we think our attendees would be interested in, the TBEX community would enjoy. And we go to places that are really good at new media. 
And Girona, Costa Brava is the perfect example of that. I would tell, I, I do tell people in the industry that I think Jauma Marin, who is the director of marketing for Costa Brava, I think he's the best in the world working for any DMO at using new media. You know, they're a small tourist board. They don't have the budget of a, of a big city or a, a big state, but they bring in the top bloggers from all over the world. And if you Google anything about Girona, Costa Brava, or the Lorette del Mar, or other destinations within Costa Brava, you will find tons of great content, podcasts, blog posts, photos, videos. And that's because of the amazing job that they have done. And so that was a huge deciding factor for us to go there. And again, with Costa Brava, I don't know if you guys have been to that region or not, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful area, beautiful yeah. coastline. Great architecture, great history, great culture, and amazing food. So this is actually the second time we're going there. The, the first time we were there, uh, one of our parties was in an 11th century castle and was catered then by the, the guys were the number two restaurant in the world. Now they're the number one restaurant in the world. And I think there's more Michelin star restaurants in Costa Bravo than any other region in the world. So Everybody start dieting now. If you have your tickets to T-Bex, Costa Brava, start your diet today. We've got to the bottom of this. A lot of seafood. Yeah, they have a lot of seafood. So, you, you know, you could kind of stick to your diet a little bit if you want to stick yeah. with the fish. Yeah, so here we yeah. go. The deciding factor on where Tvex is is where the best food. Where the good food is. That's why Thailand yeah. is after that. Yeah, <laughs> and the parties, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. the parties are insane. The Spanish know how to party. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, we've only got a few more minutes left in this interview, so I've got a few really important questions I want to try and get in. Okay, now, this is something that people might worry about if they're getting into blogging at the moment. Every man and his dog has an online presence these days. So, how do serious bloggers and online entrepreneurs cut through the noise that's already online? I'll tell you two ways to do it. And again, I'll, I have an analogy. I say bloggers are like rock stars. Again, you might appreciate that, Tom. So not everybody wants to be famous, right, or rich or successful. Some people just do it for fun as a hobby. That's just like musicians. And most people suck at it. Again, just like musicians, right? Yes. You might want to be a rock star, but you can't sing. I, I call it American Idol syndrome. Every year you see these people, they're tone deaf and they're trying out. Like, didn't anyone in your family ever tell you, you can't sing? But And they're offended when they tell them, you're tone deaf, you should go do something else. And they're like, no, I'm a great singer. My mama says I have the voice of an angel. You do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. And, and there's nothing that person can do that will ever make them a great singer. They just can't. And so it's the same thing for bloggers and podcasters and video. Some people just will not ever be good enough. And you got to know when to accept that. Now, that aside, the way to distinguish yourself. I take this from Steve Vai. Greatest thing I ever read in a, in a guitar magazine about wanting to be a rock star. He's, and somebody asked him, how do, you, how do you become a rock star? He said, be that. Because you want to be a rock star? Do what rock stars do. Go where rock stars go. Act the way a rock star acts. Now, you might think that's wearing fancy clothes and, you know, drinking a lot and going to parties. And that is part of the rock star thing. But what do you got to do before that? You got to practice. And when it's time to be that amazing musician, you got to be stuck in your room practicing all day, every day for years yeah. to be Steve Vai. Yeah, so you want to be the Steve Vai of travel blogging? Then work your butt off. Write. Learn. Go to every conference you can to learn as much. Learn from the experts. Emulate those experts. You got to make it your own, right? You got to have your own independent point of view and perspective. 
but all musicians borrow from the musicians for before them. There'd be no Eddie Van Halen without Jimi Hendrix. There'd be no Joe Bonamassa without the great blues guys of the past. So it's the same thing. If you want to be a great writer, then read great writers and try to do the things that they do and realize it takes a lot of hard work. So with Google giving quite a lot of, say, preference to authority sites, will there be a day when every topic is covered so well by authority sites that newbies just will never be able to rank? No, never. I mean, could there be a day like, uh, you know, 1984 where the government controls everything? More likely it would be somebody like Google who controls the world and we can't break through the barriers that they've created for us? Maybe. Right now, the horse is out of the barn, if you will, with no media. Those, those barriers existed before. Everybody could write before, but you didn't have a printing press. That's why you didn't have a newspaper or you weren't an author or you didn't have a magazine because you couldn't afford to print it. Now with the internet, it's literally you can start for free. You couldn't start a radio station, a TV station. You couldn't make movies. It was just too expensive. But now you can, and all you have to do is pay a little bit of money to host a website, upload it to the internet. Now, you can hope people find it, and this is the other really key part, right, of new media. The great writing, that's part of it. The great content. Content is king, but I like to say community is queen. So how are you going to do that? You've got to market yourself. People talk about content marketing. You use content to market stuff. No, you create content, and then you market that content. you got to go – when I was a blogger – my, my political blog, I was successful because I asked for interviews and I wrote, but I also went and told people, hey, I just wrote this interview. I, I, th I think you might like it. Go check it out. They would read it and then they would link to me and send more traffic my way. I marketed the crap out of my content and you need to do that. So you need to understand how do I use all these tools like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, Pinterest, uh, stumble upon whatever the ocean is where the fish you're trying to catch live to bring them to your boat, which should be your website. That's where your content is, right? So you've got to learn how to not only create content, but make sure people find your content. And again, I don't foresee the day when, trust me, they want to. Every major media entity in the world would love to shut us all up. Yeah. I, I remember, because we're costing them money. I mean, again, this is the thing that people don't think about, right? Television ratings, I just saw a story yesterday. More millennials quit watching TV last year than the past five years combined. Yeah. And that's going to, it's accelerating. I mean, there's no, well, there you go. I mean, and I, we're on the cusp of cutting the cord ourselves and only using Netflix or Hulu or whatever, because well, most of what I do is on the internet. So there is no doubt as those people leave TV and leave commercial radio, we're listening to podcasts instead of listening to the radio, we're costing them money. They're pissed, right? Yeah. They can't feed their families. Look at how many reporters are get laid off every day. How many writers get laid off from newspapers and magazines and television? I mean, this has happened in, in the written word, text, magazines, books, newspapers for years. It's about to happen to television. There's going to be major impact in video in the very near future. YouTube has built this monster and now there's a real potentially viable competitor, it's still too soon to say, with Vessel. And now Amazon and Hulu and Netflix are serious viable competitors to people even needing cable in the first place, needing to watch television. So, again, going off on a tangent, which I warned you I might do. <laughs> uh, it's true, though. I don't – and by the way, this is what we talk about at our shows, right? You need to think about this as a business. If that's your aspiration, if you want to be a travel blogger for a living, you need to think about what would 
the Travel Channel do? What would Travel and Leisure Magazine do? What would National Geographic do? Because I saw this at a mom blogger conference, one last anecdote to wrap this point up into a, a tight little bow. There's a, there's a conference here called Blog Her. It's for mom bloggers, all women bloggers, but mom bloggers, the dominant ones there. And they got bought by uh, NBC or partially bought by NBC uh, a few years ago. And they had this woman was an executive at NBC giving one of their keynote talks. And one of the bloggers got up and uh, asked the question, you know, in new media, we all link to each other and uh, we share with each other and, and we think that's so much better than new media. Why don't you guys do that? Why don't you guys link to us and, and share other good content in other places? And the lady straight face said, why would I do that? I compete with you. I want to own you. And 2,000 mom bloggers' heads just exploded because they never even considered, wait a minute, I'm competing with them. And most people don't say, hey, my content, my competition's across the street. You should go see them. They got some great stuff. No, never. Oh, you right? like our sandwiches? You should try the place across the street. They have the exact same sandwiches. But, you know, actually, I like that they do this. Right. For a buck less. Yeah, yeah buck less. <laughs> they're, they're cheaper. You know, don't buy your sandwiches here. You must be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's some other arguments against that. But again, I'm not saying as new media, we shouldn't share with each other. I, I think that we should. And I think that's part of our power. But you need to think about those other larger implications. And by the way, in any mature market, and it's starting to happen in travel blogging now, it's been this way in technology blogs for a long time. They do not link to each other very much at all now because there's serious money in technology blogging and they don't want to send traffic to their competition. So the big debate today is Facebook versus Twitter. Where do you stand on it? Do you think that the ideal of organic viral posts on Facebook is finished due to their recent algorithm changes? I think that Facebook has an inherent advantage over Twitter because it allows long form content. Um, I think Facebook went public when they did because of Twitter. Twitter has real imp imp impact on, on Facebook, but I just see them as two different animals. And, and also I'll add, they're both big enough now. They have enough money to where they can change direction if, if a threat comes their way. But their future is not guaranteed. Another social network could come along tomorrow and replace either one of them. Back so, to the whole MySpace Facebook thing. Yeah. Exactly right. And, and I think, again, so I think F Facebook is probably, for the time being, the dominant social media platform. And Twitter is kind of second. But they're both important. We shall see what okay. happens. Final yeah. question. If you could go back about 10 years and give yourself one piece of advice... What would it be? Long-haired rock star Rick, what yeah. would you tell him about blogging? Oh, I'd buy some Facebook and Twitter stock. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Uh, maybe some Apple stock too, even though maybe I'd hate them a little less. Oh, you're so anti-Apple. Wow. You say I, that. I hate Apple. Yeah. But you're not averse to making money, so hey. You yeah, know. you might as well make money out of someone you hate, right? Yeah, they're not. I might jokingly say they're evil, but here's my, my quick anti-Apple theory, right? My, is that... No one has benefited from the creation of the open source technology and the web as a platform than Apple. Nobody has benefited more than them. But they give very little back to the community. They're a very closed company. They don't share on social media the way that other people do. They don't exhibit at conferences or support them. So I've got a, my own little personal thing in there. But they're just very, very arrogant in the way that they treat people in general. That's not surprising. Uh, Steve Jobs was a mega douchebag. And I like... Controversial. You read his autobiography yeah. and he was 100% douchebag. But he was a very intelligent, very forward-focused and very... Brilliant. You know, brilliant douchebag. 
Yeah. So, you know, he did what he had to do to get the job done. Even douchebags can be brilliant. That's what we've learned today. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, and you say, and I haven't read his biography. I don't know that much about him other than he was adopted. I was adopted. So that made me, gave me a little bit of sympathy for him. But he was a brilliant businessman. And again, I go back, to, and that doesn't mean you have to be a douchebag to be a brilliant douche businessman, right? But the question, <laughs> I think you do have to be a brilliant douchebag to be a brilliant douchebag man. <laughs> a uh, businessman douche. Anyway, so. Yes, we know what you say. But, it's fine. Yeah, but so, and some people do conflate the two, right? You're like, oh, he's a great businessman. He's an asshole. That's not always true. Anyway. People might be jealous. Who knows? Okay. I've well, had people get really mad at me for my hating on Apple comments and, you know, in my own home, me and my wife argue about Android and Apple all the time. The truth is Apple makes some really great stuff. Great, great products. No doubt about it. Yep. All right. And on that note, we thank you, Rick Calver, for coming on the show. And if people want to catch up with more and uh, with you more and learn more about your brands, where should they go? They can just Google me and email the folk singer or <laughs> computer game voiceover man. Yeah. I'm at BlogWorld on Twitter or Rick at NMX Events is email. They can email me directly. I'm on Facebook as well, Rick Calvert. I am the Rick Calvert on Facebook. I got that one. Score. Got one. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, all links to Rick and also to NMX and TBEX events will all be on our show notes. Yes. Okay. Thanks again, Rick, for coming on the show. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Tom. Okay, everybody, it's the end of the show, so you know what time it is? Travel homework! We didn't give you much homework last week, so you should be nice and rested and ready to get your brain into something else. Well, or hopefully you've written an excellent poem and I, sent it into us. Yes, or these haikus. Mm, look forward to that. So anyway, Rick's been talking about conferences throughout this episode. So what conference is appropriate for your niche? What trade show should you be going to? Have you decided your niche? If not, you need to get our book dollarplanetcom slash dream lifestyle. It's a free book. But if you do know what your niche is, get on the internet, do a bit of a search and figure out who you need to be networking with, where the trade show is. Yeah, Twitter is actually really good for originally like setting up like contacts with these people and finding out links to, because you like follow one person and they're like, oh, maybe you'd like to follow these people because they're all in the same niche. So that's a really good way to get around it. And you can find some great conferences through these people as well. Yeah, and there's like BNI meetings. There's some of these things, especially for travel bloggers, we've got the Travel Massive group who has like headquarters in all these different towns where they have meetings. So there's loads of ways to get out there and find people to meet face to face because that's what it's really about. That's what's going to be the win. Just more powerful if they've met you and they like you, they're going to help you. If you're just someone at the end of an email that's just asking them for stuff, you've got a lot less of a chance of getting anywhere with it. So there you go. Go out there on the internet, find places where you can then meet people face to face and get yourself a digital business card. Thanks for listening to the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at $5planet.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments, feedback, and $5 travel tips. So tweet us at $5 Travel with the number 5. Or email info at $5planet.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye-bye.